Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah! It's time to wake up. It's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show, your early morning shot of sports on 95.7 The Game. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game, leading up until 6 o'clock is the morning roast. We'll take you until 10. Well, what do you think? What do you think now? I have completely changed my tune now that they've had the two road games in Milwaukee for the NBA Finals, and the series is tied at 2-2. After the first two games, I didn't know what kind of adjustments that uh, that that the Bucks could make. the The main adjustment was, hey, stop switching Brooke Lopez onto Chris Paul and Devin Booker. That was number one. Number two, hopefully Giannis doesn't try and shoot any threes. Move the ball and try and get guys open shots. Turn a good shot into a great shot. Number three, Drew Holiday's got to step it up. Now, last night, what we saw from Drew Holiday, he did not have a good game whatsoever. And, not, and, and I'm not really going to give him much credit as, as far as the win goes. He was playing some good defense, but he was porous on offense. But I want to know from you at 888-957-9570, what do you think? Are you into the NBA Finals now? Uh, look, there's a text here from the 925, and I'm going to steal from last night's text messages, uh, but they make a good point. It's the best of three now. Who wins the two out of three? And that is going to be the biggest question, because last night the Suns were just doing something that was very uncharacteristic of them, and they only end up ended up losing by six, but... They turned the ball over 17 times, and you compare that to the Bucks, who only turned it over five times. Devin Booker, he got into foul trouble late in the game. He picked up uh, his fifth foul, and quite frankly, there was that uh, there was that one play that he had. I believe it was on uh, Drew Holiday when he was going to the hoop, and then Giannis put it back in for the bucket. 
but Booker had clearly fouled him, and they just didn't even call it. They let him play on, and then there was a moment on the other side of the floor where they also uh, had a made-up call and 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 just didn't call anything on that side of the floor either uh, with the Suns missing a shot. So the Bucks ended up getting a couple of points back in that scenario, but it was an interesting game last night, and it has made it that much more interesting going forward. And right now, look... I I know we hate the legacy talk. I know whenever you know Steph's name, Steph name comes, Steph's name comes up, or KD's name comes up, we always talk about their legacy, right? Well, really, for Chris Paul, this could be his only chance to win an NBA final. And what he was doing last night, he was. Not any good. He was turning the ball over. He didn't look comfortable. And in the final moments of the game, when they had a chance to possibly come back and tie it up, he ended up turning the ball over and falling down to the floor, and it did not look good. He only had 10 points last night on 5 of 13 shooting. He turned the ball over five times, which led the team, and he only was 0 for 2 from 3. And he didn't shoot any free throws. Now, granted, that's not Chris Paul's game. He's not going to go up and shoot free throws. But nevertheless, he did not have a good game yesterday. They looked out of sorts, and the Bucks managed to come back in it. Another thing that I found, uh, and this is just a very minute detail, but Giannis Antetokounmpo, he was 4 for 8 from the three throw line. So clearly there is nothing that uh the that the home crowd could do, whether it's staying silent, not counting every single time that he dribbles, not counting to ten whenever they're waiting for him to shoot a free throw. So, you know, I thought last time, oh yeah, he's playing at home. He was what, seven of ten from the free throw line, and I'm like, oh, maybe he's turned a new leaf. Maybe at home he's just a better free throw shooter just because he doesn't have the crowd in his ear. And then he went four for eight. But the one guy that I'm paying attention to here is Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton last night was unbelievable. He had 40 points. Now, granted, he took 33 shots, so it wasn't that efficient of a night. But when a guy like Drew Holiday is 0 for 5 from 3 and scoring 13 points on 20 shots, you need to do something. But he was 7 for 8 from the free throw line. He took it upon himself to finally go up to the hoop. Now, Budenholzer said earlier when there were no free throw attempts for Chris Middleton through the playoffs. Through what? The first two, three games? He hadn't shot any free throws at all? And when he was asked about it, he said, well, that's not really part of Middleton's game. Well, what they decided to do is, hey, we're not going to try and take as many threes with Giannis. We'll take them with Chris. We can do that. We can, we can, we can die by the three with that. Brooke Lopez is going to get his, and he didn't knock down any last night. Uh, Drew Holiday, he could shoot the three, but he didn't get any last night. So they clearly made an adjustment to where Middleton had to try and get to the paint while Giannis is dragging three defenders along with him uh, because he has just been outstanding in these playoffs. But these adjustments that they made, the little things that the Bucks did last night, contributed to the Suns winning, but or to the to the Bucks winning. But ultimately, in my opinion, last night. The Suns were the ones, I'd say, if you had to choose between whether the Bucks were the ones that just beat down the Suns, they deserved to win that game, compared to the Suns, who just straight up weren't playing well enough to where they lost that game, 
I'd say it's more on the Suns' side because they didn't play up to their potential at all. But nevertheless, it is tied at 2-2. And I want to know from you at 888-957-9570. What do you think? Bucks or Suns? Who are you on now? Because really, I don't know what pick I'm going to make. I don't know. I originally said the Suns are going to win this. I think they're going to win it in five games. I thought maybe the Bucks would get one, but the Suns were just way too much on offense. They were moving the ball way too well. They weren't turning it over. They had Giannis uh, at the free throw line, not making down, making any shots, and that was the biggest disparity in game one. Giannis is going to get his, granted, because he's just so damn big and he's so strong. And watching him has just been unbelievable. And last night he had 26 points on 19 shots and 14 rebounds. He had yet another double-double, which is what he's averaging in these playoffs. But I don't know. (laughs) I don't know where I'm at right now. But what a crazy game. Uh, Toward the end, that's where it started to get interesting. And that's where you could tell the Bucks crowd was starting to get into it. And then when Giannis made that block on DeAndre Ayton, that's where it was just over. It was done. And DeAndre Ayton, after having that first game in Game 1, where he went 22-19, and 19, 22 points, 19 rebounds, which were which, whose numbers were up there with the likes of... Bill Russell and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with the greatest bigs in the game. But now he's come back down to earth. He only scored six points last night on three of nine shooting. Now, granted, he had 17 rebounds, and the rebounds that he had were huge. But when Chris Paul is playing the way that he's playing, Jay Crowder is not giving you much except for a couple of three-pointers and him getting to the free throw line. And it felt like in that second half, it was just... You're just seeing Jay Crowder constantly on the ground, getting hit in the eye. I feel like he got hit in the eye like six times toward the end of that game. But you needed him to knock down some some shots. Mikhail Bridges, I, I know that he's not supposed to be the scorer. I know he's not supposed to be that dude. He's more of a two-way player, a guy who's going to give you uh, something on defense. But he only had seven points in this game. Ultimately... It was the Suns who lost the game more than the Bucks who actually dominated, if you know what I'm saying. The Suns were playing that badly last night. So 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. But I was going into this series not that excited, and now it's a little more compelling It's a little more compelling. I watched game one because I wasn't going into this series thinking that Giannis was even going to play. So I was going into it, eh, you know, I was on the air and I'm sitting here going, if Giannis isn't playing, then, I mean, you know, I'll watch it because it's the NBA Finals, but I'm not really looking forward to it. Then when Giannis got into the game and, you know, it was reported that he's going to be playing in game one, I'm thinking, okay. And then when you see him doing it on both ends of the floor, having a chased-out block in game one, even though he had that knee injury uh, nine days prior, okay. Then game two, <laughs> I watched the, I, I watched the Suds beat down the Bucks, and then I was just, eh. All right, well, looks like the Suns are dominating. Now we're just going to see CP3 win a final, and everyone's going to go crazy for that. Then come Game 3 and Game 4, my tune is completely flipped. I don't even know who I'm, I'm going for anymore. 
because right now we are witnessing CP3 go through one of we could be seeing him go through one of the more unexpected type of collapses. This could be the only shot that he has to win an NBA Finals because, look, granted, they got here after that first round from the Lakers. They were down 2-1 to the Lakers, and if AD didn't get hurt, it could have been a different story. The Suns might not have even made it through the playoffs, and we'd just be looking at CP3 the same way. Oh, he can't make it to the Finals. But now... We are at that point where the Bucks have made it uh, two to two, and they were just dominant within that fourth quarter. Even though Drew Holiday just wasn't knocking down any shots, Drew Holiday is starting to get to me. After watching that last night, I was just sitting there going, "It didn't matter. It was the you know the open layup when he got that offensive rebound. If you remember that, then DeAndre Ayton fell down and uh, ended up getting it, and when they went to timeout." Uh, just the three-pointers that he takes, there's no arc on the shot at all. Every single time he takes one, it's just a line drive. Oof. You know, it's like the complete opposite of baseball right now, what they're giving him. They don't give any line drives in baseball anymore. And it's just, it, it, it was really frustrating watching him just pull up from mid-range. And, you know, that's really the Bucks style of basketball. They don't tend to move the ball all that much. They just try and get an open look and hopefully knock it down. But Drew Holiday was at the top there, at the apex of frustration. Yet somehow the Bucks came out on top. And you know how much, if you've heard this show, you know how much I love StatMuse. You know how much I love StatMuse. Overall, the Suns shot 51% from the field, while the Bucks shot 40% from the field. The Suns are the first team in NBA history to lose a finals game despite shooting better than 50% and holding their opponents below 42%. What does that tell you? The turnovers were too much, and Devin Booker getting into foul trouble is what ended up losing them that game, and then CP3 not being able to close it out and Giannis getting that block. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. I can't believe they actually have tied the series at 2-2. And shout out to the Bucks fans. Y'all are uh, cocky. <laughs> Y'all are confident. Y'all are Bucks in six, Bucks in six. I don't know if that's going to happen. I could see this series going seven. Whew. Let me pull up the schedule here, actually. I didn't even have the schedule pulled up for the finals. Oh, gosh. That's just on my That's my bad. That's my bad on not having any preparation. So they're going to be back in Phoenix on Saturday. And then game six is going to be on Tuesday back in Milwaukee. And then game seven back in Phoenix on Thursday. And I could see this lasting all the way till Thursday because it doesn't look like the Suns can get a win in Milwaukee. It looks like the home court is getting the advantage, and that Game 7 is going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, 888 That's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. But coming up next, Monty Poole. Monty Poole is the Warriors insider for NBC Sports Bay Area. And finally, we have some names, some veterans that the Warriors can possibly sign with the mid-level exception. I want to go through some of those names there. Plus, we are in an all-star break, you know, so there's really not much sports going on beyond the finals. And I do want to get to this sound I saw yesterday because if you are into music at all, if you're into music and you're into hip-hop, and you know the new style of music, and you think it all sounds repetitive. (laughs) 
Wait till you hear what T-Pain had to say yesterday because he was yelling on this stream. I heard this sound, and I have to play it on this show. So that's all coming up next. 888-957-9570. Stephen Lightfoot doing all the pregame show. 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Stephen Langford in with you. 95.7 The Game. 888 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. So before we do uh, get to what T-Pain had to say about these new artists in music, it seemed like he was just letting all his frustrations out on his Twitch stream. And when sports are going kind of slow right now, I heard this yesterday, and I'm just thinking, okay, this is going to be the best sound that I'm going to find all week. All week. And he does a lot of yelling, a lot of swearing. (laughs) <laughs> and I, and I, it's going to be a lot, but you're, I think you're going to agree uh, with what he has to say. And then uh, coming up in five minutes at 545, I'm going to go through my five favorite home run calls of the week. Might go, or excuse me, of the first half. Might go actually at 550, uh, depending on how this goes. But the latest on Richard Sherman as of right now, and I'm sure you heard the news yesterday. Uh, But he was arrested at his in-laws residence in Redmond, Washington at uh, early on yesterday morning on suspicion of burglary, domestic violence. And then the 911 call that was released to the public, the 911 call uh, that you heard and look. I, I I I was going back and forth on this because I do have the sound for you, but look, the nine one one call is very disturbing. And if if you're driving on the street right now at five forty in the morning, I want you to go and find it at your own will. I'm not going to just put it on. Uh, I'm not just going to put it on the air just in case you possibly don't want to hear it. So I feel like if if you want to hear that hear that call. Go ahead and listen to it for yourself because that was very disturbing. And I, I, I heard I heard that call. And really, what I'm just hoping is is that Richard Sherman is okay because you know when I saw this news yesterday, I think that what I went through was. Uh, what went through my mind is probably the same as what went through your mind when you heard the news, which is just, you know, this is Richard Sherman. You know, this dude is known as a leader on the field, off the field, you know, the super good guy, super smart guy. And clearly he's, you know, going through something right now because this 911 call, it involved his wife on with the dispatcher and the dispatcher was... Uh, And the dispatcher was just so, you know, I'm not going to act like I understand the full job of a 911 dispatcher, but you could tell the impatience that was in her voice while Richard Sherman's wife was struggling. 
I, I, I look. I'm no. I'm. I'm not going to tell anyone how to do their job, especially when I don't know what's entailed with their job. But it seemed like when someone is in distress, you should be a little more patient with them and tell instead of yell, telling them to stop, 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 slow down on the phone. But also sounding kind of ignorant to it, sounding frustrated. So I just heard that call, and I'm just thinking, you know. Uh, is this really how to handle that situation? But uh, Richard Sherman, you know, he uh, apparently was drunk and was getting violent uh, with her uncle or threatening to uh, be violent with her uncle, as she mentioned on the call. And he had texted a couple of his friends saying uh, that he is going to harm himself. And I... I heard that and I just heard the call and, you know, I I knew this went just way beyond uh, a regular arrest. I knew it went way beyond just, yeah, a guy got in trouble and he's getting arrested for it. It's far beyond that. You know, clearly something is up uh, with Richard Sherman and really just knowing, um, hearing these press conferences, hearing everything that he's been, uh, that he was with the 49ers, along with the Seahawks as well. I know he's a competitor on the field, and whenever he's talking that smack and, you know, doing all that stuff with the, with Aaron Andrews and, you know, Michael Crabtree and when that all happened, you know, we're looking at that. Maybe we didn't like Richard Sherman at the time, but then when he came to the 49ers, you heard how much of a leader he was, how much of an anchor he was on that defense. I think we all really grew to love him. So I just hope that uh, Richard Sherman is all right and, you know, and, and just hope his family is okay. Now, his wife uh, was quoted in saying that he didn't harm anybody um, and and essentially said that he is not a violent person. You know, he didn't do anything to harm us. It's just it's just clearly something was going on uh, within his head. So I saw that yesterday and I'm just I'm thinking, you know, this is just much deeper than some sort of arrest that we're seeing on face value as the story progressed throughout the day. As the story progressed throughout the day. So, you know, we wait um, for today to see what the verdict is because he is meeting with the Kings County judge, which is where he is being held currently without bail. But I, 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 I heard that yesterday. It's a very disturbing call and I would play it on the air for you on the air for you. But you know what? I I say do that um, on your own time. I'm not going to force the sound on you just in case it's currently something that, you know, you don't want to hear. And that's really where I'm at at 545 in the morning. If I were doing this maybe a little a little later on in the afternoon, things would be different. Right. But this morning at 545, I say do that uh, on your own time. So that that's really where I'm at as of right now. I'm just as confused as you are. I'm not going to act like I know everything that's going to happen with this situation. It was just incredibly disturbing to hear and just just sad, just really sad to see yesterday uh, when all that news started to come out and from the 510. Sorry, Stephen, you're wrong. Dispatchers need to get the info ASAP in order to get the callers the help they need. It's people's lives in the dispatcher's hands and getting clear, fast information is the difference in life-saving situations. And I saw that reaction on Twitter as well. 
I, 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 I don't disagree, but I'm not going to act like I know the job of a 911 dispatcher and telling them how to do it. But when I heard that call, that's just went. That's just what went through my head. All right, <laughs> like that's that's all I'm telling you. That's all I'm telling you. You know, I, I'm not trying to be right or wrong in this situation. I'm just telling you what went through my mind when I heard that call. And you can make the judgment on your own. But look, that's just where I was at. All right. Look, there's no there's no easy way to transition off of that story. There really is. But I still got 15 minutes left. Uh, I still got 15 minutes left to go in this program. And I do want to lighten things up a little bit. Let's just hope that Richard Sherman is okay. But before we get to... My favorite, my five favorite home run calls of the first half. And, you know, to be honest, I'm actually kind of cheating because one of them isn't a home run call, but it was my favorite call, uh, one of my favorite calls of the year. T Pain. T Pain has created this uh, new image for himself where, you know, he's still making music, right? He's still making music, but he's also a Twitch streamer now, and he's always gaming, and you see him live, and it's he's a very entertaining dude, very funny, um, and has a lot of personality, right? And when we think about new music, I'm a music fan, and if you are too, I'm sure you've felt this whenever you're listening to new versions of hip-hop, you think it all sounds the same, all of that, right? I'm sure you've had those thoughts. You just can't listen to it anymore because all these dudes have the same flow. Well, T-Pain, he invited people on Twitch to send him new music because apparently there was this time before where there there's this moment before where he hadn't looked in any of his Instagram DMs for two years because he didn't know how and apparently a lot of artists had reached out to him to try to work with him so he just sent out this huge apology and said that his instagram dms are open but now that his instagram dms are open and he's been receiving new music from a lot of these up-and-coming artists listen to his reaction here what he's talking about these new artists do some different music we have all this that you're doing. We already have it. Lil Uzi Vert is already doing it. Lil Baby is already doing it. The Baby is already doing it. It's literally two with Baby in their names that's already doing all the music you want. Do something else. Do something else. That's it. That's all we want. Do something else. Holy <laughs> We have it. We have it already. You don't have to do that music anymore. We have the music already. We have Lil Baby. We have Dub Baby. We have Lil Uzi Vert. We have Lil Yachty. We have Lil Everybody. Do something else. Holy <laughs> Stop sending me this bull <laughs> and then get mad when I don't like it. Jesus. Damn. Tap dancing Christ. <laughs> Oh, man. And and, and I can see where he's coming from. Because any of this new music that I hear, I try to keep up with it. And I try to understand. I've, I've never... Look, I'm 28 years old. I'm still young, right? But when I speak to people with their, within their early 20s about music, and I hear now that it's no longer about the lyrics, it is all about the beat... Well, the beats to me, I don't know, they sound the same, the flow sounds the same, and quite frankly, the thing to me 
within music. And I know this is a sports show, and I'll get back to some sports in just a second. But music is one of my interests. And the thing with music for me that makes an artist special, and I look at guys like Tyler the Creator uh, with this sort of thing, is they keep you on your toes with each new album that's coming out, right? They try and do something different, do whatever they're feeling. And if it's something that you, if that's something that you didn't, uh, if that's something that you uh, don't like, whatever they make, whatever they try and create, well, you gotta at least respect. You gotta at least respect that they're trying something different and they're making music based on how they feel. The newer guys, to me, they make all of these albums that are like 20 minutes long. All the songs sound the same, and they get lazy. You know, I, I look at Migos, for example. Migos had an amazing album, Culture 1. Then they came out with Culture 2, which was like an hour and a half long. And Culture 2 was okay, but you could tell it's just the same thing that the Migos have been doing year after year. Then they came out with Culture 3 this year. Culture 3? Eh. It just, you could tell that, you know, they've made their money and they're just not really bothering with trying to create anything special and they're doing their own thing and they're trying to do their own thing, trying to collab because that's what the people want and they think they're making what the people want, but what the people want is something different. And then when he mentions Lil Baby and Dove Baby and Lil Uzi Vert, I, I, I like Lil Uzi Vert's music. I could take some of those songs. Lil Baby, he's starting to transition a little bit. Duh, baby, it all sounds the same to me, but he's just saying, everyone has baby in it. Everyone has baby in it. <laughs> oh, T-Pain. He's still one of my favorite people. Still one of my favorite people. He's great. I recommend you check that out as well. All right. I'm going to go through my five favorite home run calls of the of the, of the first half. Now, if you've tuned into the show at Fridays at 545, I do Langford's Long Balls, where I go through my five favorite home runs of the week. Well, today, wanted to go through my favorite home run calls of the first half, except a couple of them aren't necessarily home run calls. They're faux home run calls, and one of them is a call on a triple, and if you're a Giants fan, uh, you know what I'm talking about. All right. Number five on this list. I didn't hear one uh, that was as good as this one earlier on in the season, but this actually happened in the All-Star game. I go to Fox Deportes when Vlad Guerrero hit this home run. Con algo de, de canadiense. All right, number four on this list. This happened earlier on in the season, and we look no further than NBC Sports Chicago uh, with Jason Benetti, I believe that is his first name. But your mean Mercedes, he's a 27-year-old rookie playing for the White Sox, and I believe he got hurt toward the end of the first half. But your mean Mercedes was on an absolute tear, 
and he was hitting home run after home run, and he continued to do it, and he hit one 485 feet. Two and one to Mercedes. And your meat tattoos this ball. Oh, where is it going to land? Bring him home. Welcome to Chicago 73. Oh, where is it going to land? And of landing even above the bleachers. It made it past the bleachers. He hit that one so far, and you could just tell with the surprise in his voice. Two and one to Mercedes. And your meat tattoos this ball. Oh, where is it going to land? Bring him home. Welcome to Chicago 73. Your meat Mercedes was a constant contributor to Langford's long balls every single week. He is a lot of fun, and he had that controversial moment earlier on in the year. You remember that? Where uh, William Astudio from the Minnesota Twins came in. I think he's normally their DH uh, as well as their catcher. But he came in and ended up pitching because the White Sox were beating him so bad. Then your mean Mercedes hit one out. Then there was that uh, there there was that kerfuffle with him and Tony Larusa. Tony Larusa getting on the bad side of every single baseball fan who openly spoke about how he wasn't okay with your mean Mercedes hitting a home run that far off a position pitcher when they're up by double digits. But that one is good enough for me for number four on my list of my long calls of the first half. Number three on the list, well, it wasn't necessarily a home run. And we go to the Yankees radio network. Longtime broadcaster John Sterling, who is clearly frustrated that he's still calling games uh, from a booth. Here's Judge. Man, the breaking ball is hit in the air to yep. deep left. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. Unfortunately, that was a replay of the home run, but it was a good replay. Hey, I'm sorry. It's on the monitor. What what, what was I supposed to do? This is a great way to do a game, isn't it? Oh, man. They need to get broadcasters back into the studio. They are all crying for help. And I'm surprised I hadn't heard that one more. But if you watch the video, you see Aaron Judge is hitting a home run. But then as soon as he hits it, you see him rounding third. Then you're thinking, all right, something's up here. And then they cut to a shot of Judge still in the batter's box. And that's where you can say John Sterling going, wait a second, that was a replay. That wasn't even a real home run. Oh, oh, that's so good. That's good enough for number three on my list of Langford's long calls in the week. All right, number two. This isn't a home run, and this one technically isn't supposed to count. But you know what? This is my list, so whatever. Do whatever you want with it. But this was my favorite call for the Giants this season. It was when Logan Webb was up to bat, and then he hits one toward Triples Alley. Driven! Right center field! Nobody's there! Come on, Webb! You got three in you! Let's go! And stretch he comes it may be my favorite triple call ever and yes indeed he had it in him they let him go a 2-1 get it in fastball and he barrels it up i love that one from nbc sports bay area get well soon kype can't wait to have him back on the broadcast but you know what the giants broadcast team you know what they got they got depth 
they got a lot of depth. You know, it's 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 tough to replace a guy like Dwayne Kuyper, but when you got John Miller and Dave Fleming doing it along with uh, along with Mike Kruko, it's okay to have them in for the time being. But get well soon, Dwayne, and hopefully recovery is going well. All right, those are my four. But here was the best one of the year. It happened recently. It happened last week because gradually Matt Veskersen on the Angels broadcast as he switched over um, from doing just the Sunday night baseball games. But he's been doing L.A. Angels games as well. And if you've ever heard Matt Veskersen, he goes nuts during home run calls when it's not even his team on Sunday night baseball. And it would get under the skin of quite a few opposing teams because he got too excited. But now he's doing Angels games and who better than Shohei Otani to call games for when he hit his 32nd home run of the season to lead the league the next 2-2 home oh he's gonna get the jog around the bases he did it again he's a beast (laughs) there really is no one like him you foul it off your front foot. You foul it off your back knee. And what do you do? You say, you'll have to take that little casual jog. And he rockets that one out. <laughs> oh, man. That's got to be number one. I've never heard any broadcaster make that noise. The next 2-2 home. Oh, he's going to get the jog around the bases. He did it again. He's a beast. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. Sorry, Joe. I had to do that sound. Had to do that sound. All right. Coming up next, you got the morning roast with old Ryan Covey and and Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky. As my voice almost just died there. Lankford. Yes. We've got quarterback tiering systems today. Quarterback tiering systems. Can I get any details on that, or do they just have to tune in at 6 o'clock to find out all the details with that? Is that where we're at? I'm telling you right now. Is Trey Lance number one? I can barely hear you right now. But I have all of the quarterbacks ranked in my tiering mm-hmm. system using throwback 49er quarterbacks Woo! as the standard for each. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.